Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. They say innovate or die. Okay, so you've come up with an idea that's going to give your business just the boost it needs. That's the hope anyway. But what if you're wrong? What if it's something that already exists in market? Can you do it differently, perhaps, or better? From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. The question really is, how do you know if your new idea has legs or not? Business author and advisor Alan Hargraves has worked out some answers to that question, which he writes about in his book, Management Reboot, 52 Ideas to Make Things Happen. The first point he makes for Heather Dawson is that when it comes to innovation, not everything's new under the sun. Most of the new innovations we see are building on an existing product. They may be using different technologies in order to deliver that product, but they're based on an old idea. And even things we use, mobile phones, we use them every day. Did you ever hear of a product called Iridium? Iridium was a big, clunky handset that I used to use in Hong Kong 30 years ago. I could call anywhere in the world from this handset. They launched 90 satellites or something like this. They spent a billion dollars making this massive sort of network so I could use my clunky handset anywhere. Problem was it was expensive to use. This clunky handset was really sort of, you didn't want to, you couldn't carry it in your back pocket. And it cost a lot of money for them to put it together. They went bankrupt within, I think, two years before they were a billion dollars was spent and they, they went out backwards. They weren't bought by private equity. But the idea was already taking place. Everyone said, hang on, this mobile communication, there's, there's demand for that. People want to communicate. And so eventually, of course, we have today's mobiles, nothing radical about the technology. That's wireless technology invented in the 1890s, combined with really earthly things like ugly phone towers, not satellites in the sky. So really, it was the same idea. It just took different technology to deliver it appropriately. Now, we may not all be designing mobile phones, but if we do come up with a a new idea, you've got three rules to stress test its chances of success, Alan. What are they? I suppose they can be summarised by, one, is it needed? Two, does it work? Three, can it work better? I have that last one there because usually with a really good idea, and there are lots of good ideas. I talk to a lot of, there are a lot of startups out there now with good ideas, but when you, you've only got to Google a bit around a bit, you'll find someone else is trying it or has done it or have done something a bit like it. I'm looking at recruitment at the moment, recruitment sites. You know, yes, there's the wonderful Seeks and the big sites, but there's also lots of little specialists in different industry sectors, um, you know, building obviously quite a, a focused niche business. But once you go on and have a look around, most of the thoughts we have are already there in some form or other. A little like I was saying, mobile phones were there in the form of Iridium. It just wasn't very convenient to use. Does it work? Well, let's have a look. Try it. If it's out there, the good thing about someone else already doing it means you can go and have a look and see if it's working and does it work. And then well, you might get depressed because oh, someone's already doing it. Can you make it work better? You don't have to be the first person on the block if you've got a better idea. So how can we work out whether our idea will work better in our hands than what's gone before? Well, you need to look at what extra power you've got. What else do you bring to the party? There are different ways to build on other strengths. A classic case is, say, uh, when I grew up, accountants were accountants. That's what accountants did. 
then along came superannuation, then along came personal financial advisors, often in the form of a division of an accounting firm. So if you are launching a personal advice business and you're already an accountant, well, you've, got, you've already got clients and you've probably put their super fund together. You know how it works. When the obvious thing is to add some kind of advisory role to that. So there's an example of someone moving into a completely different business, i.e. investment, from something which was just doing accounting uh, on the back of the fact that they've got this underlying client. So in other words, what else have you got? What can you bring? Can you bring some new network that you can leverage off? Have you got some, have you just got, you're in a good location? Is it that simple? Do you have particularly good people who are good at something? Are your logistics really well managed so that you can deliver something really quickly. So, in other words, what else can you bring to the party that they haven't got? Now, you're a great believer, Alan, in the marriage of convenience when introducing new ideas. And you say that this is really important. So what do you mean? If you look at not every, but most startups, most new ideas, most widely accepted technology, it's normally because it's made something easier. And the things that it tends to make is connecting what I would call latent supply, something that's out there, it's just hard to get organised to get one, and connecting that with latent demand, i.e. people actually want this stuff, but because there's no way of doing it simply, they don't put the two together. So the reason I stress convenience is if you make it more convenient for anyone to do anything, they will probably do it. And so if you take latent supply like empty bedrooms and latent demand like desire to travel, then you've got Airbnb. They've put together this empty bedroom with people who want to travel relatively inexpensively. Boom. And is it convenient? Yeah, you just go on an app and you book your stay. So the the reason I keep stressing that is normally you see people overtaken in the marketplace when someone else comes along with an easier way to do something you were already doing somewhere else. Well, you rightly say in your book, Alan, that it's not so difficult to come up with new ideas, but it's not so easy to pick the winner. So with limited resources, how can you improve your chances of backing a winning idea that will gain traction in the marketplace? Three things. Don't try and do everything. Try and do something. I always use Apple for some of these examples. Steve Jobs, when he came back to Apple, Apple's in a mess. It's not going anywhere. Had massive plans for project development. And he said, got everyone in a room one day on a whiteboard. He said, drop them all. We're going to do this. He just did a four by four matrix. It was going to be things which were portable, things which were on the net. And he ended up with four products. And they're basically iPhones, iPads, desktop computers, and your laptop. Four products, not 90, four products. Apple was completely rebooted that day. And lastly, this desire to be the first mover, you don't need to be the first mover. You can often make a better product by being a second mover. And again, if you look at the iPod, the first MP3 players came on the market three years before the iPod turned up. So they waited, they got it right, they got a very special product at the time. And it's not so much that they were late, it was that the other MP3 players were probably just a bit too early. That was business strategy specialist Alan Hargraves. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. 
Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S.com.au.